It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Ah, made it to a Thursday. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, present, presented by M&M Carnage. Let's do this again. Three, two, one. This is not live, right, Justin? This is on tape. M&M Carnage presenting Spears on Sports. It is Thursday, November 10th. The sun did come up today, Louisville fan. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to it's not going to be okay tomorrow. It's probably not going to be okay in 2022 unless you're a football fan maybe. The sun did come up. The cold weather's coming. I walk in the studio today, and Scooter Dingus is irate because it says it's going to be in the 30s next week. Is that right? It's going to be below freezing for the low every single day for the next eight days I after have, Friday. I had to remind him it's November. It's I, supposed to be that way. I just hate it. I'm about to move. <sighs> you get, <laughs> uh, First world problems. Uh, it's too cold outside. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. If you like to vent Louisville fan, that's why I'm here. 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, you get your free breakfast at Thornton's right now, sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito. Add any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda. All you have to do is become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Download the app, register for Refreshing Rewards, and earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. What about Heat fans? Can they uh, complain as well? Why are Heat fans complaining? Um, like fans that like the Heat. Oh, Not, not Miami I Heat. thought you were talking about the Miami no. Heat. I was talking about Louisville fans. You say Heat fans. <laughs> um, you say Louisville fans can complain. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> because I, have, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I have no control... Over the thermostat at my house. There's Ooh. a password. My wife's in control of it. Seriously? No, not seriously. Oh. Come on. I think that's pretty intense. But if she wants it cold, it's cold. If she wants it hot, it's hot. I have no control. I just go down to my basement. I got a space heater uh, if I need it, which I usually do because she loves it cold. And I just uh, watch TV down there. Well, you know what they say. Happy spouse, happy house. Happy wife, happy life. Nope. Happy spouse, happy house. It's the gender neutral term. Say it whatever way you want. <laughs> uh, if I'm, uh, wait a minute. No, it's happy wife, happy life. Because if I'm happy, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's not a happy spouse. Fair point. Happy house. And don't forget that M&M Cartage Hotline, 502-414-1450. Rick Bosich, Fox 41, WDRB.com will join me in about 13 minutes. We'll uh, talk about Louisville's loss to Bellarmine last night. 67 67- 66 was the final score. First time in 13 tries that Bellarmine has been able to knock off Louisville. They played them as a Division II school, and now as a Division I school, uh, Bellarmine and Scotty Davenport, former Louisville assistant coach, come up with the win. Um, They led the final 32 minutes of this game. Cardinals got out to a pretty good start. But as I was sitting there and Tony Burke was sitting next to me, we were at the game, and I said, uh, Louisville just hit three out of their first four three-pointers. That is not a good sign because they're going to fall in love with the three-pointer. And they took 28, 28 three-pointers. 
on the night taken by the Cards out of 52 shots. 28 threes, 24 twos. They made three two-point baskets in the first half. Trailed 41 to 30 at the break. You said three two-point three baskets? Three two-point baskets in the first half made. That's it? That's it. Because they fell in love with the three-pointer. It is a Louisville team that had such a decided advantage in the paint last night. The large trio of Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, the transfer, Sidney Curry, and Roosevelt Wheeler combined to take seven shots last night. Sidney Curry, zero for zero from the field. Last year, at the end of the year, Sidney Curry was the answer. They were better because of Sidney Curry. And I thought it's going to be a step forward. He, he and L. Ellis are going to be the keys to this team. They're going to be both be good. And Sidney Curry, who was not good in either exhibition game, was non-existent last night. Kenny Payne took a lot of the blame for that in the post-game press conference, as a good coach should do. We got him the ball in the wrong spot. We The timing was off when we got him the ball. Bellerman, you know, for all you have to say about height advantage and physicality, they played good defense. Kenny Payne said all the right things. But if Sidney Curry's not involved, L. Ellis is going to have to score 35 points a game to remain in games, not just to win games, to stay in games. Curry, who was not in foul trouble, played just 16 minutes, no field goal attempts, no free throw attempts, uh, one turnover, three rebounds. That is not good. Ellis did score 14. Jalen Withers led the cards with 17. Mike James looked good. If you're a Louisville fan and you take anything out of last night's game positive, it's that Mike James looked pretty good. He had 16 points, four rebounds, three assists, five of eight, three of five from three-point land, made all his free throws, uh, only one turnover, had a block shot uh, thrown in there, a highlight reel block shot. But last night was all about Bellerman. All about Scotty Davenport, who, again, didn't want to talk about himself after the game. Scotty Davenport said after the game, and it was midnight when he got to the uh, press room, he basically said, hey, we got to practice in 11 hours. i got to get out of here and get this team out of here and get them some rest. And then he proceeded to talk for about 30 minutes. Scotty loves to talk. Loves to talk. Now, he didn't take any of the credit. He said nobody loves the University of Louisville more than he does. He coached under Denny Crum. He coached under Rick Pitino, two Hall of Fame coaches. And he was he was uh, quietly ecstatic for his team. He brought up the fact that, hey, look, we recruit these guys. They don't come here to go to the NCAA tournament because we are on a four-year ban. He bashed the NCAA again for a, a silly rule that doesn't allow Bellarmine for two more years to play in the NCAA tournament, whether they win their conference or not, which they did last year. He is still on that soapbox, and I don't blame him. It doesn't do any good to yell about it. He knows that. He admitted that, but it doesn't mean he's not going to yell about it. 
He was happy for his guys. But I think deep down, he was happy for himself as well. And he should be. He should be. Remember when Louisville was looking for a coach? His name came up. He had no chance to get that job. I don't know that he wanted that job. But he was not considered for that job. And no matter who you are as a competitor, here you are, a coach who won his conference tournament last year, has won a Division II NCAA championship with the same Bellarmine team, and when the job came open after Chris Mack left and Mike Pegese was the interim coach, didn't get a sniff. Pride is involved. It is. I don't care who you are. If you're a competitor, and he is, he is a fierce competitor, your pride gets involved. Your competitive nature gets involved. Why not me? Why not? How about an interview? How about you talk to a coach who's won a Division II national title, been successful everywhere he's been, lives in the city, coached at the university, loves the university. If it's only a interview of convenience, then at least make it an interview of convenience. And they didn't do it. And even though he wouldn't say it last night, Scotty Davenport had to be feeling pretty good about the result of last night's game. Garrett Tipton had 21 to lead the Knights. And he looked like a guy who just said, I'm going to take it at him. Bellman runs an unbelievable offense. And we've talked about this before. So beautiful. If you want to watch great basketball, great offensive execution, from guys who just know how to play basketball, a five-man unit that is where they're supposed to be all the time, you watch Bellerman film. They pass the ball. They use 30 seconds of a 30-second shot clock if they have to. And if, as a defense, all you're doing is chasing them. They're cutting. They're moving. They're th- passing the basketball without dribbling. And, I mean, there were possessions where once they got into the front court, there were no dribbles. Pass, pass, cut, move, pass, cut, move, pass. Eventually, we're going to get an open shot. Because the bet here is you are not going to be able to chase us around for 30 full seconds on every possession. You'll do it once in a while. Twice. Twice all night, Bellerman had to take off balance, no chance, Jack up shots at the, at the uh, end of the shot clock twice all night long because they are going to get a backdoor, open layup, open five-footer, or open three-pointer. And they got them all night long. And it's not just Louisville. They do it to everybody. The one guy that challenged the length of Louisville's defense was Garrett Tipton. Garrett Tipton, 21 points last night, 9 of 16 from the field, hit one of his three three pointers, most of his shots for 10 feet and in. 10 feet and in. He is 6'4, a senior from Columbus, Ohio. And he was going up against 6'10, 6'9, 6'10. I didn't realize he was 6'4. He 
looked a lot smaller than that. Yeah, well, against that defense, he should look small. He had 21. Bash Whelan, 13, 11 of which came at the free throw line. He was drawing fouls like crazy. How tall is Bash? Bash is not tall either, 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, he, he looked bigger. 6'6". Six, six. Kurt Hope, the center, was in foul trouble the whole game. 6'8", 200-pounder from Montgomery, Indiana. By the way, you got a lot of Hoosiers over there playing for the Bellarmine Knights, including Justin Betts from Providence High School. Bellarmine has five guys on their team that I called games for in high school. There you go. It's crazy. They got one Louisville native on the roster, Eli Roberts from Manuel, and he didn't play. I mean, I would understand it if it was a whole lot of guys from Louisville but how do you get guys from Indianapolis and Columbus, Ohio to come to Bellarmine when they know they're not going to play in a tournament, in the in the NCAA tournament? They're going to play great competition in the non-conference. They're going to play the Atlantic Sun schedule, and then they're going to play in the, in the uh, A-Sun tournament. And that's it. There is Bellarmine won their last game last year. Not a lot of teams can say that. They won their last game because they couldn't go any further. They weren't allowed to. And sure. you can – you know, beat that drum like Scotty does and like I like to do as long as you want, it's not going to matter. It may matter to another team somewhere down the line that they get the rule change, but it's not going to matter to Bellarmine. Their defense was good, not great. Louisville shot 42.3%. They, they somehow force you into bad shots, and again, they do it to everybody they play. They force you into bad shots. They rebound the basketball. They were only out-rebounded by six last night by Louisville. No fast-break points. That's not their game. But they also held Louisville to five fast-break points. That is their game. I can't believe they got 26 rebounds. They shot nearly 70% in the first half. So there weren't any offensive rebounds. And they don't go after offensive rebounds against a more athletic team. We're going to get one shot. We're going to get one shot each possession. It needs to be a good shot because we're not going to the boards. We're getting back on defense, and we're going to make it tough on you to score. You're not getting any fast break points. Now, Bellerman almost spit the bit at the end of that game last night. They had a 10-point lead with under four minutes to play. And all of a sudden, turnover. You got guys tripping over their own feet and falling down. Louisville did up the pressure here on defense. Cards had a chance to win the game. Had a chance to win the game. And on the last play, Kamari Lands, who was 0 for 5, freshman from Indianapolis, missed a wide-open 15-foot jumper from the baseline. Maybe 12-footer. But he was 0 for 5. It's hard to understand why he was the option. You got L. Ellis. A couple of the cards had fouled out. Withers had fouled out. But you've got Ellis, you've got, uh, you know, Huntley Hatfield was in there. He almost got a putback after the missed shot. He didn't foul out at that point, too? He did not foul out. Who was the – they had two guys Withers and Trainer, okay, J.J. Trainer fouled out. Yeah. And Curry wasn't in the game. Mike James, who was really good last night, he didn't get the ball. Now the question is, and we'll talk to Rick Bozich about this in just a couple of minutes, uh, how long does this fan base uh, stay invested? It's fickle, and it's not just Louisville, it's everywhere. 
How long do you stay invested when there is a bleak future or at least a bleak present going on? There's a decent crowd last night. The lower bowl was for the most part full, but I would say 20% of those were Bellarmine fans. How many people show up for Wright State Saturday at 1 o'clock at the Yum Center? How many people show up for Appalachian State the game after that? We'll see. All right, Rick Bozich on the other side. We'll talk to him about what transpired at the Yum Center last night. A lot to get to as well in other sports today. A lot of NBA to talk about. LeBron injured? Question mark? Maybe. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Norton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Don't forget Indiana basketball right here on the Big X tonight. The Hoosiers hosting Bethune-Cookman. You know the nickname for Bethune-Cookman, Scooter? Oh, I don't. All right, that's your job during the uh, interview here. Bethune-Cookman 0-1 lost to Iowa by 31 in their opener. They're in Bloomington tonight. Indiana, by the way, if you care about these things, 32-point favorite over BC, and I'm not talking about Boston College. 7.30 pregame tonight, late-night game on the Big Ten Network, 8.30 tip for Indiana and Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman are the Wildcats, by the way. Oh, I would have never gone with that one. Let's go to the Eminem Cartage Hotline, bring in uh, Rick Bozich, Fox41WDRB.com. How are you, Rick? I'm a little tired. That was a late night, but quite a night it was. Well, it was a very late night because Scotty Davenport says, I've got an 11 a.m. practice, we got to get out of here, and then he pretend, he proceeds to talk for 35 minutes, right? <laughs> He's not bashful. Yeah. No, I mean, it was a slow-developing postgame, but that was a memorable night, and um I want to recognize Scotty and the Knights for a job well done. They've, I mean, micro picture and macro picture. Micro picture, you know, beating Louisville for the first time in 13 regular season games and eight exhibitions, quite an achievement. I mean, I've lived here since 1978, and I can remember when Bellarmine was uh, just a pretty ordinary D2 program at times that struggled. Um, And he's turned it now into a D1 program that, is very successful, very ambitious, and uh, you know is developing a, a solid following. And he's he's a difference maker. He really is. Back in the '80s, you could go to Knights Hall and sit anywhere you wanted when Joe Rybal was coaching and uh, people like that, right? Yeah, I remember when I first came here. Like a lot of the guys I covered in high school were Jeff Schneider and um, Paul Fernieho, Mark. Purdy, John Parrott, uh, and they, a lot of them went to Be- Buddy Cox. Didn't he go there? Yep. Didn't he transfer into Bellman? Yep. Buddy Cox was um, there. Very strong uh, local, you know, Trinity St. X to sales kids. Uh, and Parrott was from Ballard. And uh, they were good, but they weren't like they are now. So, you know, Scotty, Scotty has changed the arc of Bellarmine basketball for sure. And the question, and he brought it up last night, how do you get these kids to go there from out, of, from out of the city of Louisville? They've only got one Louisville kid on the roster. How do you get these kids to come down when they know they're not going to be able to play in the NCAA tournament? It's, a, it's an interesting, um, I mean, I guess they come for academics, 
but it's it's a very interesting dynamic to be be able to get them to come here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it is academics for sure. Part of it is it's a very attractive campus, uh, and part of it is just him, the dynamics of his personality, and the fact that he's one and he connects with people. I know the 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 according to the recruiting people, the highest rated freshman he has is Pete Suter, the kid from Carmel, Indiana, and um, he got him just through being up at Carmel High School at 6 in the morning for his workouts during the summer, and he showed Suter and Suter's dad, who actually was a really good college player at Duquesne, uh, that he was invested in, in Pete Suter. He wanted Pete Suter here, and he got him here, and Suter will have to, unless things change with the NCAA, he won't be able to play in the NCAA tournament until his junior year. But, you know, when you, when you are – it's amazing what you can achieve – sometimes when you out, outwork somebody. And Scotty Davenport has outworked a lot of people in his career. Scotty didn't want to uh, say how happy he was in that press conference last night, but you have to think, at least I have to think, and I brought this up, you coached under Denny Crum, you coached under Rick Pitino, you didn't get a sniff for that job, whether he wanted it or not. Um, I think he probably should have got at least gotten a courtesy interview. He's got to feel pretty smug and 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 proud of this victory personally, not just for his team, like he mentioned last night. Yeah. Um, I don't know about smug, but I yeah, think smug's the wrong word. No, that's the wrong word. So prideful. I mean, some have pride about it. I mean, we all know how big of a U of L basketball fan that Scott Davenport is. I mean, uh, he's worked at, as you said, under coach Crum and coach Patino. And, um, he's been a U of L guy. I met him when he was an assistant, the, He's the assistant JV coach, or might have been the JV coach at Aaron's for Estel Griffiths. Wow! I remember the first time I wow. met him in the gym downtown on Second Muhammad Ali, and uh, he's worked his way up step by step. And he's a protege of Bill Olson and you know Coach Crum and and Wade Houston and those those guys, Mike Polio, and uh, of course, I mean anybody. It, it would be silly to think that he wouldn't really cherish this victory. He should cherish it because. It's not something he achieved, you know, in in one day. It's a, something he achieved over the course of his career. So when you invest that much time and emotion and energy into something, you that's when you should have pride over achieving something. Talking to Rick Bozich, WDRB.com. There, that's where you can read his stuff. He's got a great article about Bellarmine uh, on there today, so you can go to WDRB.com. I, I see it on Twitter and uh, click on it and read it all the time. Good stuff as always. Uh, what's next for Kenny Payne here? What's next for the Cards? How do they lick these wounds? Because it's a quick turnaround. Yeah, they got Wright State on Saturday. I think Wright State lost in overtime to Davidson, and we know Davidson how good they usually are. And I think they're the pick or the second pick to win the Horizon League, which is uh, generally a good league. That's the league with you know Northern Kentucky and um, Cleveland State and. Um, Oakland, I think it is. But anyway, um, you know, they got to not feel sorry for themselves and just realize what they did wrong and what they've done wrong over all three games. I mean, one thing that's concerning is in at least two, and I've been to both exhibition games and the, and the game last night, is they started out fast in two of the three games yeah. and got the lead. And then the subs come in and they totally lose the momentum and fall behind and they're playing uphill the rest of the way. And I don't know how they correct that because the bench is short. 
Yeah, I don't know whether it's we were talking some of us last night about, you know, maybe make a change to the starting lineup uh with the three big front court guys and bring one of those guys in off the bench to sort of stabilize the second group. But more concerning is the backcourt because I don't know what he played the first how many minutes he played the first game. I think it was in the thirties and then he Ellis played thirty eight minutes against Shaman and he played all forty last night and um it's a long season and I don't it's you're asking a, really a lot of one any player to play thirty eight to forty minutes night after night after night. So I don't know what the answers are, uh, but you know they. He was Kenny Payne. I thought handled the post game well too. He was yes. pretty honest saying they had twenty wasted possessions, and guys, the message needs to come home that this team doesn't have any margin of error, and they 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 can't afford some of the silly mistakes they made. And I thought last night. And I, I'm, I guess you agree, they became way too comfortable shooting three-point shots. And they did make it, but, I mean, they made 7 of 16 in the first half. But Bellerman was packing the lane and basically saying, you know, we're going to let you shoot the threes. Um, and I, I think that Louisville – I mean, they, there's no doubt Louisville has to find a way to get Sidney Curry going. I mean, this is back-to-back games. He's given them nothing. And last year, down the stretch, he was one of their better players. So – they got to find some ways to get him engaged and get him the ball in places where he can score. Uh, that Bellarmine offense uh, that they run, it has got to be uh, just you're pulling your hair out trying to defend them. They don't dribble. Um, they, right. they throw it around the perimeter. They get a backdoor cut or a wide-open three. And if you don't defend, if you defend 28 out of the 30 seconds on the shot clock, they're going to get a good shot. Yes, they are. It's... Uh... It's clinical. I mean, you could make an instructional video. Uh, I think a lot of high school coaches would benefit from watching that and installing that at whatever high school they work at. And, um, you know, patience, uh, selfish, uh, unselfishness. Um, and as Scotty said in the post game, uh, we don't want to get a shot. We want to get a good shot. And I would upgrade that to sometimes they don't want to get a good shot. They want to get a great shot. Yeah. And, you know, it, unless you have a mature team uh, defensively, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield admitted after the game that, you know, they got tired of chasing them around and, and quit doing it. And, and you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, especially unless you're, you, you, you find a way to get ahead of them by double figures. But Bellman's just going to – I mean, it's amazing. And we counted several times, you know, 14 or 15 passes without a dribble. And, uh, you know, they have a system, they're committed to it, and they, and they execute it well. All right, fans are fickle. We know that. Uh, grade the crowd last night for me. In terms of the size? Or well, the, the size, you know, the lower bowl was pretty much full. Um, yeah. But, you know, how long before the Boo Birds come out, I guess is my question. Because <laughs> um, you, know you know how fans yeah. are. You know how fans are. I mean, last year, when did it happen? The Notre Dame game? Is that the game it was? Uh, uh, oh, they showed up. Was. Yeah, the Boers showed up big time at the Notre Dame game last year. Right. Um, last year, the apathy showed up before the anger, I thought, because people quit coming for a long, long time. Um, you know, in today's world, I'm sure it'll be in December um, unless they see, you know, some victories. Um, people have to look at the big picture of, you know, they don't have the players in the backcourt 
Um, it's going to be a long grind in the ACC this year. It really is because you're going to play against the teams you're playing against. Are going to have you know most of them are going to have better players and more of them, uh, and that means your chances to succeed are are not going to be great. So the the good thing for Louisville is that with the transfer portal, um, you can accelerate the pace of a rebuild, and they're going to have to be aggressive in the transfer portal. And I know there are people asking. Why didn't they get more guys out of the transfer portal yeah. this year? I think they tried for some and didn't get them. And I don't know if they tried for enough, but I mean, the staff wasn't hired until, you know, April. And by then, a lot of other schools were already ahead of them with guys. So this year, I mean, I think that has to be a, a big priority. They, they need to, they need to get some, they need to build up their backcourt. Uh, I think there were a lot of Bellarmine fans there last night, so and that makes me wonder how many people are going to show up on a 1 o'clock game uh, against Wright State on Saturday, especially with Louisville football playing well and playing at 3.30. I mean, I guess you can get out and get somewhere to watch the football game, uh, but if you don't want to be in a hurry, I, I'm not sure there's going to be much of a crowd for Wright State on Saturday. And that, that that's worrisome, yeah. I think. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand that. There's other football games on too. It's I mean, Saturday is all day uh, college football. I don't know what games are on early to compete against it, um, but yeah, that that will be an issue. And you know, the only way you're going to change the mood is to keep giving effort and win. I yeah. mean, there's no magic formula, and uh, the people who are committed Louisville fans, I think, will will show up, and the people that are on the fence um, will make a game time decision. There's some people that are going to probably sit it out for a while and. Um, that's just the situation there, and it didn't happen uh, in the last you know week. It's this is Louisville has gotten to this point over the last five or six years, and it's going to take time to get it back to what it, where it was. Am I drinking too much Kool Aid? I think Louisville can beat Clemson on Saturday. Yeah, you're not the only one because the point spread's down to what seven. Yeah, someone said at one point it was six and a half. Um, no, I don't think you're drinking too much Kool-Aid. I don't, I'm not picking them to win, um, but I think they could win. I think Louisville and seven is definitely a reasonable bet. I mean, they're the the four games they won in a row haven't been fluky. I mean, they were the better team in all those games, um, and they were impressive against Wake Forest, and they were you know impressive certainly in the second half against James Madison and Clemson. It's hard for me to gauge on Clemson, you know how what their mindset's going to be because um, their goals for this season were probably taken away from them when they lost to Notre Dame. They got humbled. They beaten Louisville. Step. Yeah. And, they, you know, they were fourth in the playoff hunt. Now they're tenth, and there probably isn't a pass for them to get in the playoffs. They've already clinched their spot in the ACC championship game, so there's not really any game pressure on them in this game other than what, you know, Dabo Swinney puts on them. and. He can say they don't want to back into it, and they they still have all their goals intact, but that's probably unreasonable. And you know they've beaten Louisville seven in a row, so it's not like it's a revenge game or it's like this is a team we've had a hard time with. So if Louisville can <clears throat> not turn the ball over and Malik Cunningham can you know have one of his better games, yeah, I think they have a chance to do it. And um, that would be a remarkable turn. We talk about turnarounds. I'd say that's the most remarkable turnaround um, in college football power five this season is what Louisville has done so far. Are you ready for the weather change? 
I'm hearing these rumors of what? It's going to be in the 20s? What is this, tomorrow or the next day? Uh, starting Saturday, we're going to have some cold weather. It is November. I mean, I guess we should. It is November. I mean, last night I was thinking when I walked from the parking garage to the arena, it's like in a short sleeve. Um, I didn't have a jacket on. It's like, yeah, this is crazy. I'm, I'm enjoying this. And I went out for a walk this morning in a short sleeve shirt. So I'll take it as long as I can. Um, I'm not a cold weather hater. I, I don't like ice, but I, I don't. the cold weather doesn't bother me. But I'm, not, I'm probably not ready for it to be this abrupt. I like a sort of a, a, a milder, <laughs> smoother transition, right? Is there a, a temperature where the queen doesn't get a walk? No, no. So it can be it can be six house. below, ten below, wind chill, and you're, you're taking the dog for a walk. I don't think we've had any of that lately. I've been out in in the single digits. All right, she's fine. I'm the one. Well, she's got a lot of fur. Too. You don't. She likes this weather. Okay. I mean, she's energized by this weather. She'll go outside and. Like lay on the front porch and just want to stay out there all day. So it's up to me to. I bought these little packets of hand warmers to put in my gloves <laughs> so I can not disappoint the queen. And I'm glad everybody in the community is well aware of who the queen is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I uh, I do my research. Um, all right, buddy. I, I appreciate your time as always, and uh, I'll right. see you see you down the road. Are you going to be there Saturday? Uh, it depends. If I'm on a heater at the casino at 10 a.m., I probably won't be there. Oh, boy. What's your parlay bet for this weekend? So, obviously, I'll probably be there because it's been a while since I've been on a heater. I like Louisville okay. this weekend. I know it sounds crazy. Okay. Uh, I don't know who I'm going to put them with yet, but I like Louisville. Yeah, because i got to pick my three games today, and I haven't even looked at it yet. I was hoping for some inside knowledge i moved up from fifth to third in the wdrb against the spread pool texas over tcu indiana or ohio state over indiana (laughs) what well that's an autumn that's 40 now that's 40 oh i I thought by now it's like 45 or 50 it should be uh but i'll give you texas i like you want to talk about hopeless we could do a whole Boy. segment on that. That is hopeless. Yeah, I don't want to bring the bring the listener down on a Thursday afternoon. After Louisville loses, <laughs> I got enough uh, listeners that are downcast after Louisville lost. I don't need more of that. Thank you, buddy. I'll throw one last nugget. Yeah, you know who ahead. the coach and athletic director is for Bethune-Cookman? I have no idea. That's how much research I do. He was a former, he's a former Rick Pitino assistant coach and an NBA All-Star. Mmm. Former NBA coach. Reggie Theus. Oh, Reggie Theus. He is coach and AD? That's what I read, yeah. Wow. How about that? He had the best and hair. One of their players. He had the best hair in the NBA. And on the roster. I'm Ryan a... Harmon, the kid who was a star. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did know that. He's been everywhere. He, was every... he went to 12 different high schools <laughs> in four well, years. <laughs> Who hasn't, John? Just well, you and I. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. All right, bye. See you soon. Rick Bozich, WDRB.com, Fox 41. Here's Louisville's schedule before Christmas. You ready for this, Scooter? Ready. Wright State, Appalachian State. Arkansas, the first of three games in Maui, three games in which they will in all likelihood be big underdogs in. Maryland at home in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Miami of Florida at, at home, at Florida State, Western Kentucky at home, 
before they uh, finish out the pre-Christmas with Lipscomb, Florida A&M, and at NC State, and then right after Christmas, New Year's Eve at Kentucky. I see three wins there, John. Three. Over, under, and those. And I'm I, look, we're counting Wright State, App State, Lipscomb, and Florida A&M in that. Oh, no, I'm not giving them Lipscomb. Over, under, three and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go four. Under. Go over, under. under, four wins there. They'll lose to Lipscomb. All right. Lipscomb played good last night. Okay. Again, I mention it all the time, as I told Rick. I don't do research on this show. All right, one segment to go. You, I've kind of already given you a sneak preview of the uh, unsponsored six-pack that will show up tomorrow. Um, yeah, bet that early line. Yep. Yeah. NFL talk, NBA talk after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Anywhere y'all. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cardage. John Spears in studio, final segment of this Thursday. Eminem Cardage hotline is open, 384-1450, 384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, that's an area code of 502, by the way. Thornton's text line open as well. Get your text into the show, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Indiana basketball tonight. Bethune-Cookman comes to Assembly Hall to take on the Hoosiers. Bethune-Cookman 0-1, a 31-point loss to Iowa on Monday. They'll take on the Hoosiers, who are 32-point favorites tonight. You can catch the action beginning with the pregame. Don Fisher, 7.30, right here on the Big X. 8.30 is the tip time, also on the Big Ten Network. Uh, high school football tomorrow, St. X and Mail, second round of the Kentucky High School playoffs will be right here on the Big X as well. 7 o'clock kickoff, 6.45 pregame. Tony Burke will join me. And, Scooter, you will be where on Friday night? Indianapolis. Got to go up to Indianapolis Lutheran. That is where Providence will be playing in regionals. Now, Providence beating Tecumseh was a bit of a surprise. It How was. big of a surprise would it be if they won on uh, Friday night? Uh, an even bigger surprise. The team they're playing has not allowed a single point in three postseason games. That's not bad. Not great. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's pretty good defense. <laughs> yeah. uh, seven. They've allowed eight points in their last four games. So you'll be on 94.7 WFIE. To my knowledge. Yes. Uh, and what time? Pre-game, probably 7.15. Oh, the late start. Yeah. And then the late drive home. The, the nice drive home from yeah. Indianapolis no on, a, on a Friday night at midnight. Have fun. Love it. All right, uh, some NFL news. Josh Allen is day-to-day. I don't think he's going to play against the Vikings on Sunday simply because the spread went from 9.5 to 3.5. That tells me uh, all I need to know. Buffalo was a nine, opened at 9.5. It's now 3.5. Actually, it opened at 8. Let's be fair. But uh, a 4.5-point swing. That tells me the quarterback's not playing. Case Keenum, former Minnesota Viking starter, will get the start against the Vikings on Sunday. Uh, The question is, how serious is this injury? Sean McDermott seemed to think, well, he could play, but we don't want to put him in a situation where it could be worse after the game. I think they're just going to give 
uh, Josh Allen a couple weeks off and uh, see if he can heal properly enough to uh, play football. Again, he probably could play, but this is a smart move for the Bills. They are uh, six and three. They're in first place. Six and two, excuse me. They're in first place. Uh, they got a bye week coming up, so you take it easy here. If uh, the ultimate goal, of course, is to uh, win in the postseason, and Wait, if who they Josh, have this week, Minnesota Vikings seven mm-hmm. and one. I was going to say they they are good enough of a team skill guys wise that they could get away with having no, Case Keenum in there. They don't, but run not the against not against Minnesota. The problem I have with Buffalo, and I love Buffalo, and I, I like I've been taking them in the in the six pack every week. It hasn't been done well for me, but the problem you have is the running game. Mm-hmm. They rely too much on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, uh, and 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 the legs of Josh Allen. And that can get you in trouble because Singletary, they brought in Raheem Hines from the uh, Colts. They just don't run the football very well, other than the quarterback. And that's a, that's ask Lamar Jackson. That's a slippery slope. Uh, the other news, uh, quarterback-wise, Matthew Stafford is in concussion protocol with the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, nobody really saw the hit that put him in concussion protocol, but uh, he took a shot. Last week, John Wolford will get the start this week against the uh, Arizona Cardinals in Los Angeles. The Rams are now down to a two-point favorite in that game with the Stafford injury. That started at five and a half, and it's down to two. So major movements on these betting lines in some of these NFL games. I know Scooter's keeping his tabs on all of them. Can you tell me where John Wolford went to college? Uh, I want to say Wake Forest. That's correct. Yeah, his uh, his dad is a St. X grad, nineteen eighty two. Bobby Wolford, who is the cousin of former NFL All Pro Will Wolford, former St. X head football coach, Buffalo Bill Super Bowl participant, three years. Um, yeah, actually so covered he's the great nephew of Will Wolford. Actually covered John Wolford in in uh, high school down in Florida. Down in Florida, where he broke uh, all the passing records. Yeah, he when was he good. Was he when was he was good. down in Florida. But he'll get the start uh, in all likelihood for the Rams against Arizona on Sunday. I do want to say uh, rest in peace to Stan Harden. If you knew Stan Harden, uh, you got a smile on your face right now. He was 84 years old, former head coach at Fairdale High School, Fairdale staple. He's a Fairdale guy uh, and one of the nicest men you're ever going to meet. Scotty Davenport in his postgame opened last night with uh, how rough a day it was for him because of losing his friend Stan Harden. Stan won two state championships at Fairdale, 1990-1991. Maurice Morris, Jermaine Brown, Carlos Turner on, uh, on those great Fairdale teams. He coached at Fairdale from 1978 to 1991. He was the head coach. He then went on to... Uh, I think he coached a South Carolina assistant coach. He had a couple more stops in uh, small small college basketball. Came back, coached at Holy Cross High School from 97 to 2002. And I never went to the LIT, the great Louisville Invitational Basketball Tournament, whether it was at uh, the, the gardens, the Louisville Gardens downtown on uh, Muhammad Ali Boulevard. They moved it to Valley High School. Stan Harden was a fixture. At uh, the LIT, he was um, instrumental along with Lloyd Gardner, his good friend, and the uh, uh, Fairdale coach who also won a couple state titles. The king of the bluegrass, 
uh, tournament every year that brings in out-of-town teams, one of the best high school tournaments in the nation for a long, long time, and now one of the best in Kentucky. Stan Harden was uh, instrumental in putting that on as well. So it was a sad day yesterday. Lung cancer took the life of Stan Harden, but a life better lived, you're not going to find. He was 84 years old, and uh, prayers go out to Stan's family and friends today as they as they mourn his passing. And um, again, every time I talk to him, smile on his face. Didn't matter. He didn't care if you were uh, you know an NBA coach or just a schlep like me. He was the nicest guy in the world, and he always made you feel welcome. Stan Harden will be missed. John, I would let you pie me in the face if you told me I could live till I'm 84. I have no chance. I'm with you. Yeah. I have no chance. Now, your lifestyle is awful. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going under on you as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. We do have NFL football tonight. It doesn't feel like NFL football tonight because it's Atlanta and Carolina. I know that's mean-spirited. The Falcons are tied for first in the NFC South. They are four and five and tied with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They can take a half game lead tonight if they can go on the road and beat the hapless Carolina Panthers. Panthers two and seven coming in here after they're getting routed in Cincinnati last week. It was 35 nothing Bengals at halftime last week. Uh, Atlanta's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking the Falcons tonight. I'm laying the two-and-a-half. I've always liked Marcus Mariota. And Arthur Smith is one of the most underrated coaches in football. This is an Atlanta team that was not supposed to contend. And I know four and five is doesn't seem like you're contending, but this was a team, I don't know what the over-under was at the beginning of the year, but I would have to guess it was somewhere in the six area, six-and-a-half. Falcons are going to gonna blow that out of the water. They are uh, they they slow the game down. Corderell Patterson is one of the best underrated running backs in the league as well. He's back tonight after a couple games off with uh, injury. You got Mariota. You got a good defense. Uh, Kyle Pitts, the tight end. I like this this Atlanta team a lot, and uh, I think they win. Look, they can win that division. Saints uh, Panthers are two and seven. The Saints are three and six. And the Buccaneers are four and five. Now the Buccaneers took a step forward last week, uh, but they're in Germany this week. You never know what's going to happen in Germany. Seattle and Tampa Bay, nine thirty a.m. on Sunday in uh, Berlin. First NFL game ever in Germany. They played a lot, a lot in London, some Mexico City, but first one ever in Germany. So Seattle knocks off Tampa Bay. Atlanta wins tonight. All of a sudden, the Falcons are. 500 in first place. They got a lot to play for. The Carolina Panthers don't have a lot to play for. So I'm going to go with Atlanta minus the two and a half. You with me on that one? I am. Yeah. Over under, uh, which I love, 41 and a half. This is another one of those Thursday night games where I think Al Michaels, even though he's cashing his paycheck, he's not upset, looks at these this game and goes, oh, what have I got myself into? Because Sunday night football – on NBC, Chargers-Niners, much better game. And if you're Al Michaels, it's it's why did I leave for Jeff Bezos? And a lot of people still don't know how to watch on Amazon Prime. They, they just don't, especially old people like me. Friday show tomorrow. It's Football Friday. We'll have the six-pack for you. I know you're waiting on it. 
see you then. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.